I've achieved much more peace of mind after saying, I have no idea what this place is all about. <laughs> and, and I find that peace of mind and confidence don't come, and I, I love saying this at a dowsing conference because people are addicted to information, but sometimes it's overrated. You know, scientists know like 4% of everything, and I say my life has been like science, which is every few years I find out I was wrong about almost everything, and I start over uh, yeah. with different questions. So confidence to me comes not in knowing all the answers, but in being more comfortable with the questions, with the un- unanswered questions. Hi there, you're listening to Adventures in Dowsing, podcast number 62, with me, Graham Gardner. Goodness me, it's 2023. How did that happen? You do realise I've been doing this podcast since 2008. That's 15 years of dowsing chit-chat. Let's see, 62 episodes. That's an average of roughly two and a half episodes a year. Hmm, must try harder. (laughs) Um, I have a good excuse, though. Uh, Recently, I've been paying more attention to my new video series on Glasgow's Secret Geometry, which you can find on YouTube. So the podcast has taken a bit of a back seat. It also seems there's more online stuff has been happening on, on Zoom. You know, lots of people are giving talks and stuff since the pandemic. So maybe there's less of a need for podcasts? I don't know. What do you think? So how have you been? I hope everything's going alright in your world, and if it's not, then I think you'll find this episode will cheer you up. Today we have a chat with Alan Handelsman at the July 2022 West Coast Housing Conference in Santa Cruz, California. Alan has been a regular attendee at the West Coast Conference for many years, and he's a very talented chap. He's a musician, a hypnotherapist, energy worker, and a dowser. And with a resume like that, you just know he's going to be interesting to talk to. So I managed to catch up with him in the vendors area during a quiet period one afternoon and asked him to tell us about his work. Well, um, my most of my work these days is hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be different in different. It's different in different parts of America, let alone different parts of the world. But my main focus is to help people resolve the inner conflicts mm-hmm. and every every any problem has a conflict inherent in it at least one if not several so by resolving those conflicts then the results of those conflicts change and people feel better in a variety of ways um, so it's turning the our inner enemy into our inner ally and how do you zone in on these conflicts? I mean, is, is dowsing involved, or is it just a process of um, questioning it through de- the, the hypnosis? Yeah, yeah. well, that, to me, that's dowsing. Okay. So it depends on how you define dowsing, because to me, one definition is finding answers in places where you don't usually ask for answers. And that's going inside it and asking the person themselves what's going on. Right. So m- most of my hypnotherapy is interactive I don't read a script and tell them that they should behave uh, we find we find the part that's causing the problem and make that part an offer they can't refuse so uh, we so the the client begins to treat himself different or herself differently um, when we find a part who's holding the problem instead of saying you should be different and you got to get out of here or you got to you know stop that 
the first thing I have the client ask that part of them is, what do you want? And most times nobody's ever asked that person, what do you want? It's simple. And usually the inner part wants the same thing as the person. And the person finds because of the magic of hypnosis and all the magic that we enter into when we look inside, the person has can give that part what it's looking for. Hmm. And usually it's some form of inner peace and safety and the person in a session feels at, at peace and safe. So is it all right to share? Absolutely. So they begin to work together rather than fighting each other. Because once once you give somebody what they want, they stop their they have to change behavior. Yeah, yeah. So it works out pretty well. And so like you're zoning right into the subconscious. You're you're bypassing their analytical self. Um, like we do in dozing, I guess. Yeah, 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 and it's 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 uh, yeah, experiencing the world. Dowsers experience the world, especially when they're dowsing differently. And when you're focused inward, and the outer world doesn't matter, then and you know if you know you're safe, you're going to do different things than if you're not sure. Yeah, yeah. So look at all the surreptitious uh, videos that are on all the social media and you realize that if people don't think if people feel safe they're going to do things that at least in in my work is productive for people sure yeah yeah i mean um obviously most people are probably more aware of like stage hypnosis where people are <laughs> feeling safe and made to do silly tricks yeah when but. people when people ask a lot of people will say well are you going to make me cluck like a chicken yeah and i say i could but that's extra <laughs> so nobody's ever said how much they just say okay <laughs> we won't do that so and it's like driving a car yeah. um, a car can take you to the beach or it can take you to prison I mean so that the car itself isn't good or bad and it doesn't lead you in any direction until you start steering the car okay so what's the connection with the uh, the dozing conference here what? Um, because dowsers are asking questions, looking for answers. And, and so am I. Mm -hmm. And so are the people that come to me. And again, um, my dowsing system is usually the, the client who's in a position to be able to, to experience things that they, they've been afraid to by themselves and told that if you look inside, you're going to find this dark presence who will overwhelm you and who knows what could happen but I found that inside is either what we're looking for in the first place or the shortest path to find it right so do you have any instances of people who think they have uh, like in dozing terms we talk about an entity or an attachment or a demonic entity inside them do you deal with that sort of thing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well People are just, yeah, people are afraid, and it, yeah, and they think yeah. That, that, you know, the problems maybe were caused by the outside, but usually there's an inner part of them that either that has caused it, and then they try to push it away. Yeah. So after a fairly short time, it feels like that's an outside thing. Yeah. Um, and if, if I've had a couple where I said, I was talking to the parts, you know, and are you do you really belong here are you part of this person mm. and he said no and I would say the first it happened twice in one day that's why I remember these very clearly I said 
wouldn't it be nice if you could go someplace where you're welcomed, where you know you belong? Yeah, that would be cool. I said, if you turn around, you'll see this light, and you'll see maybe a boat coming in. If you go with that, we will send our love with you for the best trip ever and happy landing and the best life that you could have. Who's going who's gonna to resist that? So this, so they say, okay, and we send them away with, with love instead of fear, which I think is more powerful. Sure. The second time it happened the same day, I said to this part, are you having a good time here? And the part says, good enough. <laughs> so that took an extra five or ten minutes in the session, but he was a, that part was a little resistant you know because we are resistant to change mm -hmm. even entities so but he was he understood finally that it's in that part's interest and in the interest of the other person so um for the most part i find that even evil entities are somewhat rational and looking out for themselves mostly and if we can offer the, offer them something better then the resistance gets less and more likely to let go. Yeah, I find this a really interesting area, this whole bit. I mean, I've been reading that uh, a lot of psychologists now are treating uh, cases of so-called possession, possession as yeah. fragmented personality fragments that people are just, you know, uh, subduing into the, into the shadow realm yeah. because they don't want to deal with it. So, yeah, it's a real interesting area. And, and a lot of us come from the idea that everything is connected. Yeah. Well, if everything is connected, then whether it's you or you know an inner part or an outer part that got in is sort of a temporary condition it's not the ultimate condition of who we are and and what the parts are yeah yeah so is that uh, the sort of mainstay of your work or is it more sort of mundane stuff like getting people to stop smoking and all that sort of thing the uh, i use exactly the same method mm -hmm. uh, find the part who first took a cigarette yeah. Ask him what he wants. Well, he wants to. He wants to relax. Are you relaxed? Well, yeah. Then offer him that relaxation or the cigarette. Let him make a choice. They always take the relaxation because mm. they know. Even when they started, they knew it probably wasn't going to end well. Yeah. So they're so. Re I said, did you ever get this relaxed with a cigarette? No. Would smoking a cigarette now cause you to be more relaxed or less relaxed? Oh, get in the way. It's too much trouble. Mm. So they realize that they have the power to relax more than the cigarette, but the part who first smoked doesn't know that yet. Mm. He didn't get the memo. So once you give them the choice, they choose the, uh, the relaxation without the cigarette because it's more powerful and it's healthier and all the benefits. And after the check clears from my session, it's even cheaper for them. <laughs> so... And then we go and we offer a cigarette to every, every uh, person who took a cigarette in, this, in this, the client's life mm. and make them the choice. And he sees that, you know, they drop the cigarettes and say, no thanks. And so that by the time we finish the session, he's made the choice thousands of times mm. so that the next choice is easier. Mm. That's how we do it. So it's the same thing, which is finding the part who's screaming to misbehave and offer him what he's what, the misbehavior is a strategy so smoking is not a goal smoking is a strategy so once you give him the goal he doesn't have to do the strategy anymore hmm. yeah it's really interesting work um, it's a fascinating area um, 
any uh, exceptional cases you could tell us about? Uh, what's been your biggest success or your biggest failure? <laughs> we how, how long is this podcast? Usually about 20, 30 minutes. But yeah, that's not, an hour. that's not long enough for the failure. So let's do some successes. Um, I find that, that I, I generally shy away from people who claim 100% success because we're not 100% beings. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things that happened um, is... A friend of mine called me up Friday afternoon. I get home from work. Friend calls me up, says my partner put in a password yesterday on her computer. She forgot it. <laughs> so, can you come over and hypnotize her? Okay, I'm a good friend, so I'm going. And this is like either it's going to work or it's not. You know, there's no oh this is getting better. Or I think I've made improvements. This is either the computer's going to open or not. I get there. She said, I remember the first two numbers. It's five numbers. I remember the first two. And I put her under, or, well, I don't think of under, but I get her in a relaxed state. And there's lots of different ways to do it. You can imagine writing on a blackboard or this or that, thousands of ways. And I said to her, you just entered the first two numbers. Where do your fingers go next? And she gave me the next number and the next number, and she said, the last number is either a three or a nine. I said, that's good enough. That gives us two shots at it. Mm. So she goes in, she puts in the first five numbers with the three, nothing. So I'm sweating a little bit, and she puts in the next and ends with a nine, and it opens. And then I asked her, how did you choose these numbers? And she said, they felt good under my fingers. And that's exactly mm. how I asked her to find them again. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's, I guess that's the intuitive part. And, you know, so. So that was a, a, a very striking case of this stuff really works. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So uh, biggest failures? I don't know. Um, I'll tell you about another success. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, because th- they do stand out a little bit more because because you have to live your life day by day and go back and go to work and you want to bring the successes in- with you into the into the situation. A uh, woman comes in. She was drinking one like one or two glasses of wine every night with dinner. She was a very powerful woman. She owned a couple schools and had a couple businesses and very. Uh, substantial uh, woman who like a lot of my clients I feel like writing them a check and saying show me how to be more like you but we struggle in different areas so we work a session and she says afterwards she says I recognize all your counseling tricks she used to be a counselor I never studied counseling per se so I said I don't want to trick you so she comes back a week later and I say, how are you doing? What have you noticed? And she starts shaking her head. And as she's shaking her head, I'm thinking of what I'm going to say next, which is it takes more than one session. Sometimes it works. Sometimes this, that. She goes, she's shaking her head. She goes, weird. And as soon as she said that, I knew that she hadn't had a drink the whole week. And she hadn't had a drink the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so... There was one guy, he wanted to stop biting his nails. So he comes in, we do three sessions, 
He comes in a week after the first session for the second one, and I say, how you doing? He says, I haven't bit, bitten my nails, but talk to me in two years. What about two years from now? So I said, that's not fair. See, I, I like to have clients treat themselves better. That's not fair. You can't stop biting your nails for two years in a week. It's going to take you two years to stop biting your nails for two years. So we worked on the fear of, can I keep, keep this improvement? And he comes in the third week for the third session. I say, how you doing? He says, I haven't bitten my nails. And I waited, and I waited, and he didn't say but, you know. So we, we made that progress. That's why a lot of hypnotherapists around claim one session and you're done. And I, some people who do one session and are kicked out the door feel abandoned you know it's like well mm. but this has happened and that's happened what do i do with that so i like to to have some follow-up and yeah know, it's like clear the, up yeah. yeah so it's like the you know you've removed the problem but there's no safety net for that yeah so yeah exactly right back into it again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just like in dozing this happens all the time as well you know that's right don't clear somebody's house and then uh, you've removed the energies that they're used to so they, they bring them right back in again sometimes you know? <laughs> that's right so yeah yeah hello my name is Jill. I'm desperately trying to think of something interesting about myself, but it would take me quite a long time to come up with anything that you would really want to listen to. But at the moment, you're listening to Adventures in Dowsing. Enjoy. Okay, let's have a look at a couple of events that are coming up. On the 29th and 30th of April, the British Society of Dowsers are holding their Spring Symposium in Malvern. And the week before that, on the 22nd and 23rd of April, I'm running a BSD-approved Working with Earth Energies course, and that's going to be at uh, Bridge House, or Brigus as they call it, in West Lothian. Uh, moving into May, on the 7th of May, International Dowsing Day is going to be held on the Sunday. Normally we do it on the Saturday, but there's apparently there's some, some big um, royal event happening in London, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, so that's the 7th of May, we'll be live streaming on the International Dowsing Day Facebook page, and Susan Collins and myself will be hosting that. And we have five or six uh, very good speakers lined up, so I'm looking forward to doing that one. And on the same day, I will be running a Dowsing and Labyrinth Day, because it's also uh, World Labyrinth Day that weekend. And that's going to be held at Beachbrae Woodland Centre, which is in Blackridge, West Lothian. Uh, the BSD are also planning an online Zoom catch-up that weekend. I don't have any more details on that at the moment, uh, but you can find it on the British Society of Dowsers webpage at britishdowsers.org. Uh, moving into May, I'm uh, running the uh, BSC-approved Earth Energies Parts 2 and 3, which is House Healing Part 1 and House Healing Part 2. The first one's going to be held at uh, Beach Bray Woodland Centre, and the second one's going to be back at uh, Brigus in West Lothian. More details on my courses uh, are on my website, westerngmancy.org. BSD stuff, uh, they've also got a nice new events calendar on their webpage, so you can check things on there as well. So that's it for the news at the moment. Let's get back to our talk with Alan. So have you always wanted to be a hypnotherapist or have you always been a hypnotherapist? <laughs> Where did the flute playing come into it? That was before the hypnotherapy. Right. As, you know, as, as a flute player, I was putting people to sleep all the time. So <laughs> why not become a hypnotherapist? I've less to carry now. Um, I, I began as a professional life as a musician and a music teacher. Um, and... It got to the point I was I was getting my master's and I was had to do a paper and I decided to do it on stage fright because Ooh. I was in a music festival 
as a student, even though I was a professional musician, I enrolled as a student and I was asked to perform off campus and I was the first one on this big recital and I said, this is great, none of the faculty's here, I can just, I can be the, the big shot. And about 10 seconds before I started, the five woodwind faculty members walk in and sit in the front row oh. and they were closer than like we are now. Yeah. And for, for those who are listening, Graham and I are very close right now. Yeah, and um, so no pressure then. <laughs> that's right. And I began to shake, you know. Yeah, and I said, yeah. if I'm going to be a professional musician, this is no way to live. So I began this quest to cure my stage fright, which wasn't every single time I played, but enough that I didn't like it. And my own. So I I got into the the business for my own stage fright and depression, and found ways that worked, and began to collect those ways. And the last guy I collected from, I was told, hey, this guy's a wizard, you gotta study with him, and blah, 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 and he was a hypnotherapist. So that's, that's the method, and then I incorporated all the healing and dowsing and whatever I had learned, and mm -hmm. you know, made it my own. Yeah. So, yeah. so now I do, I'm officially retired as a musician, but I get to, I get to play now and then, and yeah. have some fun get to practice with your clients when they can't uh, complain <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm pretty good at going inside when they start <laughs> I remember um, when I was a teenager and I was you know searching around for all these ways to go with your life I remember reading a book that had a self-hypnosis technique yes where you did the induction of going down in the elevator yeah um, and then you could ask questions of your subconscious sure. and you got one of your fingers to twitch for yes and yeah. the other one to twitch for no that's right which is basically dowsing exactly yeah. exactly yeah. right so yeah. again yeah so that's that's another way to do it um, yeah. so yeah and I, I learned that from a psychologist that I went to and you know he showed he did the mm -hmm. calls it the idiomotor responses I tell people when I taught it to my brother I called it the idiot motor responses <laughs> yeah. but that's another topic altogether. Yeah, let's not get into that. That's no. the, the skeptics <laughs> love calling it the idiomotor response. Yeah, but it's, it's not a term I like using. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, yeah I, I, that, I'm not really big into labels. I heard one, yeah. hi, one hypnotist say, oh, well, the Greeks in their sleep temples or clinics, they were just doing hypnosis. Hmm. And it's like, no, wait a minute. The Greeks were a couple thousand years ago. They weren't imitating us. Yeah. We we're imitating them. So we're doing what they were doing. Or there's and there's a lot, as you know, from dowsing and hypnosis and meditation and a hundred things. There's a lot of common ground, and usually it's some specific method to achieve that common ground. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot a lot of similarity, and there's enough difference that people in different stages or have different ways of experiencing the world can find what they need. Well, it's all exploring this mystery of what is consciousness, yeah. isn't it? You know, um, we really don't have a handle on it. We know we're conscious, but we can't actually say what it is. That's right. So, yeah. And we don't know if somebody said everything has consciousness, mm -hmm. um, animate or inanimate, and the difference between like a rock and a flower and a dog and a human is the number of choices we have. Yeah, yeah, because a rock can be conscious, but he's not going too many places. So that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, there is um, there is a, a, a theory going around. Was in integrated information theory? They call it. I have this one in one of my talks. I talk about this, 
when they're going about uh, everything has consciousness. Oh, cool. Consciousness is the fundamental unit of reality. Right, and yes. the more units you have, the more conscious, the more complex the system becomes. Right, yeah. So, yeah, so like, we're more complex, so we have more consciousness interaction. But yeah. I've achieved much more peace of mind after saying, I have no idea what this place is all about. <laughs> and, and I find that peace of mind and, and um, confidence don't come, and I, I love saying this at a dowsing conference because people are addicted to information, but sometimes it's overrated. Um, answers, you know, scientists know like 4% of everything, and I say my life has been like science, which is every few years I find out I was wrong about almost everything, and I start over yeah, uh, yeah. with different questions. So confidence to me comes not in knowing all the answers, but in being more more comfortable with the questions, with the un unanswered questions. Yeah, and there's always more unanswered questions. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the the reason why if you say I'll be happy when I know everything, uh, you got a long wait. Yeah, yeah, maybe not this lifetime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about in particular? I don't know. You want to mention the tuners? Oh, tell me about the tuners. Yeah. Yeah, um, through my flute playing. A flute teacher when I first went to this man named Harold Bennett he took my flute which was professional flute top of the line and he played it facing different directions and it would play differently hmm. it would be erratic uh, in most every position except one and then he would put it together differently and it would play erratically and I was horrified because I spent a lot of money on that flute and he grins he says I can fix that and he had this process that he called homogenization. And through a long series of events, um, I think that I know what he did, and I'm able to make instruments play better, and I, and I hooked it up with, with some healing and, and energy work, and I realized that he was doing energy work, mm -hmm. um, what we would call energy work. And I was able to harness the process and put it into what I call a resonance tuner. It's the, the main main uh, vehicles, just a card, looks like a credit card. It may be more valuable than that, depending on your credit rating. And um, it helps people get rid of like allergic reactions and aches and pains. Um, one morning, one, one night, I was trying to get to sleep and I was tossing and turning and I and always fall asleep on my side. So I took the tuner in my hand just held it in my left hand, laid on my back to see which way I was going to go. That's the last thing I remember. <laughs> so, so it's 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 and it's a nice, kind, smiling, benevolent energy, mm -hmm. and it helps solve some problems. So, and for somebody, you know, some problems are easier than others. So, I'll, I might say, here, use the tuner, and if it doesn't work, let's do a few sessions, and we'll one way or another, we'll improve how you are in your body in your heart, in your mind, and in this world. And this is just called the Resonance Tuner? It's called the Resonance Tuner. And how uh, do people get hold of one? Um, <laughs> it's remarkably easy. You just have to spend money. Um, <laughs> it's at, If you go to ResonanceTuner.com, it'll give you more information, and you can contact me through there. Or M MBS, yeah, MBS Hypnotherapy, Mind, Body, Spirit, or Much Better Stuff. Uh, mbshypnotherapy.com and there's more about the other hypnotherapy work that I do.
Great. That just about covers it. Alan Great. Hamilton, thank you very much. Thank you, Graham. Great pleasure. You. you too. Okay, I think that'll do us for this episode. Uh, Alan's tuner that we were talking about there at the end is an energy healing device that he's devised over a period of 20 years or so. It's available from the website he mentioned, and it's also uh, on a Facebook page. Alan also has a CD where he combines his resonance tuning technique with his flute playing, and he also has some jewellery and other products available. It's interesting stuff and well worth checking out. I'll put a link to Alan's websites on the main page at adventuresanddowsing.com. Anyway, that's all we have for now. If you have any comments about the show that you would like to share, just send an email to podcast at adventuresanddowsing.com or you can leave a comment on particular episodes on the main website. And in case you're wondering, the mystery ident voice today was Jill Moss, who runs Shrenkrum Dowsers in Cornwall, who I recorded many years ago at a noisy BSD conference. I'm sure she will have forgotten about that, and will be very embarrassed to hear it all again. I also want to give a shout-out to Daryl, who wrote to ask when the next podcast was coming out, as he was doing some painting and discovered he'd listened to all the rest and didn't have any new ones to listen to. So, Daryl, this one's for you, mate. Thanks for listening. Many thanks to Wintergatten and Ian Pegler for the music, and I hope you can join me next time, whenever that is, for more Adventures in Dowsing. <laughs> <laughs>